Well, hi everyone in Equippers Essex. So great that technology allows us to be together. Um, I'm just loving the fact that during these days we have opportunities to serve our communities and just to see some great things happening that um, the church is really engaging with the needs of people and uh, we get a, to be a part of that. My message today is really to encourage you down there in Essex uh, when Barry contacted me and said he wanted me to do a message for you guys. Uh, I just want you to know it's something I've been praying about, thinking about for some time. And so this is really for you guys down there in Colchester in the Essex area. And uh, thanks so much that I can just be with you today and engaging with you. Uh, it's just such a great honor and privilege. I, I love what you guys are doing down there. You know that I spent 20 years of my life in Colchester. So I have a very personal investment and desire to see something really significant uh, emerge over the coming years. And uh, we already have something significant, but you know what I mean, bigger impact is what I'm looking for. So if you've got a Bible this morning, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I really want to help you how to navigate some of the pressures that we're all experiencing during this season. You know, in November of last year, I resigned as the senior pastor of Equippers Church. And uh, for up until November, not only had I been the senior pastor of the church, but I had been doing some extensive traveling over those last few years leading up to that date. And over that period of time, it became clear to me that God was transitioning me. And uh, my thought was, well, I'll be spending much more time traveling and going to different churches and ministries, doing conferences, training leaders. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I went up another gear in November last year, right the way through December, January, February, and then coronavirus hit. And um, I feel a little bit like the Apostle Paul in a very small measure. Uh, because I don't think we would have had as many letters as we have from Paul if God hadn't put him in prison. And uh, even at the book of Acts, we see him under house arrest. And uh, I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like I'm under house arrest. I'm allowed to go out once a day to shop. I'm allowed to go out once a day to exercise and that's it. Uh, and so for me, it has pushed me and forced me to rethink my priorities. And I'm sure most of you are in that journey as well. So one of the things I've decided to do is I've been writing and for the first week of writing, it was painful. Uh, every time I went to the computer, it was like, oh, this is, this is just so difficult. And then after a week of doing that, um, perhaps not even a week, uh, I began to get into a flow. And so now I've written about 31,000 words. I think a book is ready. Uh, and I'm doing I'm doing some editing now. So so there's always a silver lining. There's always a positive to every negative, and you can view the negative or you can connect to the positive. And we're going to read Second Corinthians chapter four and see how the Apostle Paul chose to connect with the positive. And he begins it by saying these words. Here it is. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. I want you to think about that for a moment. So, so here you've got this, this jar of clay. That's our humanity. That's what you see on the outside. And, and later on in this very chapter, Paul is going to say, our outward man is perishing. It's getting older. 
uh, it's uh, we, we, we can't do things at my age I can't do the things I used to be able to do in my 20s and 30s the outward man is perishing but then he says we've got this treasure in jars of clay in earthen vessels and then he says later on the inward man where the treasure is the real essence is being renewed day by day so, so think about that here's this treasure and God has hidden it in a jar of clay so when you look at the jar, you don't see the treasure. What you see is the jar. In other words, on the outside, there's nothing impressive about your humanity. Your humanity is no different to everyone else's humanity. But there is a difference if you look inside. And that's the treasure that is there. And so, so there's our humanity and there's the treasure. And the treasure is hidden. But God wants people to see the treasure. So Paul outlines the process that God takes us through in order for the treasure to be seen by the world. And here's what he says. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Let me just unpack that for you. The word afflicted there, in the old King James Version, it says hard pressed. We're pushed down, as it were. It's literally a word that says the pressure is on, but Paul says our humanity experiences the pressure, but because of the treasure within, the treasure has a certain resilience to it that's inbuilt into it, the life of Jesus, we're not crushed. So in other words, Paul is saying, look, there's a line here that I don't allow myself to cross because I connect to the treasure, I don't just connect to my humanity. Now you can't help connecting to your humanity because you feel everything. We're, we're in jars of clay, we are jars of clay. But there, we're not just jars of clay, that's the point. There is something dwelling in you. Paul calls it the treasure. We can call it the Holy Spirit. We can call it the life of Jesus. We can call it the presence of God. We can give all kinds of labels to this and it is real inside of us and that life cannot be destroyed, cannot be crushed. It is the resurrection power and life of Jesus inside every single believer. So Paul says, yes, we come under pressure, but we're not crushed. Because you cannot crush resurrection life. You cannot destroy it. And so Paul says, yeah, we are hard pressed. The pressure is on. That's what he means by affliction. But we're not crushed. How about this one? We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. The word perplexed in the Greek, you could literally translate it like this. We don't know what to do. <laughs> now imagine that. This is Paul writing with absolute transparency. He says, in my humanity, I don't know what to do. You know, in the book of Acts, when he was traveling with Luke and other companions, they, they finally ended up in Troas because they tried to go to Bithynia and the Holy Spirit forbade them. They tried to go into Asia. They weren't allowed to go there. They ended up in Troas and they just didn't know what to do. They were perplexed. They'd reached the West Coast of Asia at that time, of Macedonia, and, and now they didn't know what to do. And then they had a vision, come over and help us. They saw a man saying that, and they crossed the sea into Europe and went to Philippi, uh, Thessaloniki, and then on to Philippi. Um, and, and so Paul says, yeah, listen, we get perplexed, but here's the thing, we're not driven to despair. 
Why? Because of the treasure. Why? Because God has a purpose. And even though you may not understand the purpose in this season, it's okay to admit, I don't know. Listen, there was a time in March where I was looking at all my cancellations. BA were making these cancellations. Uh, different people were saying to me, so sorry, you know, uh, we're going to have to make new arrangements. And, and I saw my income kind of going like this. It was just, it was literally like watching uh, somebody take out the plug from your, your tank and, and, and the level was just going down like that. It's, it's like driving a supercar where the fuel gauge just goes down. Uh, that's what I saw about my income and my future. And, and the temptation in my humanity was to react and to get fearful. But what I, I chose to do was to say, well, hang on a sec. I'm feeling the pressure, hard pressed, but I'm not, I am not crushed. I, I'm feeling perplexed. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to give up. There's a way through the wilderness. You see, if you look at the children of Israel in the Old Testament, so many times God brought them to a place where they were perplexed. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what the next step was, but God was with them and God was leading them. So when they came to the Red Sea, it was like there was the Egyptian army behind them. There was the Red Sea in front of them. They were in a valley. They didn't know the way forward. God had a way forward. He opened the Red Sea. There was a miracle. And sometimes we want God to give us a miracle, but we don't want God to put us in a place where we need the miracle. <laughs> you understand my point here? It's like miracles are great, but who wants to be in the place where you need one? And, and many times we're asking God, oh God, do miracles, do miracles. Well, the only way he can do a miracle is to put you in a situation where you need a miracle. And that is an uncomfortable place to be. That, that for your humanity, for, for, for the vessel, for the jar of clay, that's an uncomfortable place to be until you get the breakthrough. And then afterwards, it's fantastic. It's a story and you can write a book. But uh, until that happens, you're in a place where you're, you're perplexed and you, you don't really know what's going on and you're taking a journey of faith. Well, here's the great thing. Paul experienced all those things. And then he says persecuted, but not forsaken. You know, the word persecuted in the Greek, it li means literally to drive away, to push someone away, to say, go away. We don't want you here. That's what Paul means by persecuted. He doesn't necessarily mean people are throwing stones at you, though that did happen to him. But you think about the city where cities where Paul went, where they said to him, we don't want you here. We want you to leave. And he said, okay. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 10. He made it very clear to them. Hey, if you go to a city and they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet. Don't worry that, you, uh, that you're not being received there. There's somebody else that's going to receive you. Just move on to the next place. That is persecution. We don't want you. But here's what Paul says. We're not forsaken. In other words, he didn't allow it to get into his spirit so that he felt so rejected, he felt abandoned and alone. Jesus has promised us in Matthew chapter 28, Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. It says in Hebrews chapter 13, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. In fact, it's a double negative and a triple negative in the Greek. We could translate it like this. I will never, never leave you. I will never, never, never forsake you. That's the promise that God gives us 
And so Hebrews 13 goes on to say this, Therefore we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What will man do to me? Do you see how a confession comes out of a belief? A confession comes out of something that anchors us. And that's what Paul is trying to say here. He's saying we are anchored to the treasure. Yes, we have a jar of clay, but the treasure is better. And then he finally says this, we're struck down, but not destroyed. To be struck down literally means to be thrown to the ground. That's, that's the Greek word here, to be thrown to the ground. I like the way J.B. Phillips translates this part of this text. He says this, we're knocked down, but we're not knocked out. We're like the boxer. You can count to nine, but as long as you're on your feet by nine, you can keep going in the fight. And uh, I love that song that came out years ago. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I love that because that's, that's the intentionality here that Paul is trying to communicate to the church at Corinth. It isn't about how many times you fall. It's about how many times you get up again. And the treasure within is resurrection life and resurrection power. Resurrection means you come up. You come up again. Life comes in you again. You suddenly feel like, no, I can do this. And that's Paul positioning himself here and telling the church, this is how you position yourself. And then he goes on to say this, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be also manifested in our bodies, in the vessel in the jars of clay. For we who live are always being given over to death. Don't you hate that he wrote the word always? Not sometimes, not occasionally. We are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life in you. Do you realize twice in this chapter, Paul says that God wants to manifest the life of Jesus. Now, now listen, friends, right now, every single one of you is carrying a treasure within you. But not everyone around you sees the treasure. So what does God do? Well, God sets up a situation where you are delivered over to death. What, do you, what, does, what does Paul mean by that? Well, we use this phrase all the time in modern culture. We say, oh, I was in a situation, I thought I was gonna die. I thought I was gonna die. Oh, I had to do that, I, I died. You know, and we use that phrase all the time. What do we mean when we say that? Well, what we're really saying is, hey, I was taken beyond the place where I felt comfortable, the place where I felt I could handle it. I was in a place where I felt vulnerable. I felt I was, it was beyond measure. I felt embarrassed. I felt I couldn't handle it. We, we use those expressions all the time. And Paul is saying, you know what? God has designed it to take us into those situations so that his life can be manifested in us because we, as the people of God, react differently to people who don't have the treasure. Let me illustrate. There's a wonderful story where Jesus is asleep in a boat and the disciples are in a storm. Now, it had to be bad because they were experienced fishermen. It says the, it says the waves started coming into the boat and they were really scared. It was a bad storm. And they woke up Jesus and they said, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? By the way, that word perishing in the Greek is the same word used here where Paul says we're not destroyed. 
We're not knocked out. That's the same word. And Jesus wakes up. Now, now think about it like this. Here are the disciples fretting, fearful, concerned that they're going to die. In their jar of clay, their humanity is being manifested. How does it manifest? With fear, with concern, with reaction. They wake up Jesus, and what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus manifests his life. And what's that like in the middle of the storm? He rebukes the wind and the waves, and everything is calm, and there is peace. And the disciples turn to each other and say, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? You see, there is something about the power. Paul says we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The only way for God to manifest his power is to put us in situations like the disciples were. And then we have a choice. We can either manifest our humanity, the jar of clay, and that's what everybody does. Or we can manifest the treasure. That's the life of Jesus within you. Why does God deliver us unto death? And why does Paul use that language? For one simple reason. The resurrection. Paul is convinced that no situation of death, quote unquote, can overcome the power of the resurrected Messiah who lives inside every single one of us. So each one of us today, we carry, we bear the presence of God. We carry the treasure. He, he'll go on to say that the outward man is perishing. The inward man is being renewed day by day. I think what Paul is really saying is, as we go on this journey, it doesn't matter the things that we find ourselves in, the situations where we think, you know what, there's pressure here. You know what, I'm perplexed. You know what, I, I, I'm feeling like people are just telling me to go away. I, I'm feeling like I'm being thrown down. Paul says we experience all of that, but you know what? We don't despair. We, we, we don't get crushed. We, we don't give up. We don't um, come to the point where we stay knocked out. We don't feel abandoned but rather we manifest the life of Jesus. We connect with the treasure within and we show what it's like. It's like being in the shopping uh, mall and, and you're buying food and, and some people are just stockpiling and you're just buying an ordinary nice little bit. Why? Because you carry the peace of God. You carry the treasure within. You're not reacting. You're not, you're not treading on people's toes. You're not trying to get there first. You're manifesting the peace of God because of the treasure that's within you. So my encouragement to you, church, as we go on this journey is, come on, this is the one of the best opportunities we've ever had because everybody's feeling the pressure and sometimes what's being manifested is, in, is people's humanity and it's not very nice. Wouldn't it be great if as the church, whatever situation we found ourselves in, we started to manifest what it's like to have Jesus Christ in your life, that we manifest the peace of God where there is anxiety and fear, that we manifest generosity where there is selfishness and hoarding, that we manifest mercy where there's people making all kinds of judgments. 
This is what the life of God is within. And Paul closes this off by saying, you know what? We need to look at the things that are unseen because the things that are seen are temporary. They're passing away. But the things that are unseen, they are eternal. The treasure that is in you is an eternal treasure. It can take you into your destiny. It can stand against all kinds of pressure. It can withstand all kinds of confusion uh, and lack of understanding. And it can take us to where we need to go as the people of God. So what I'd love to do right now is just to pray for all of you and just to ask for the peace of God and the presence of God to be real in your life. And that when you feel like, oh, I'm being delivered to death right now, it's just, I can't cope. That is the moment that you can say, God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the treasure within. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that's part of my life. I'm choosing to surrender right now to you and I'm going to manifest that. Like Paul and Barnabas in the jail at midnight, you know, Paul could have got resentful that as a Roman citizen, he'd been beaten. He could have said, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to take you to court. He could have manifested his jar of clay and his humanity. He could have got angry. He could have got resentful. But instead, he worshipped and he prayed. And all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. Their chains fell off and a church was planted in Philippi because of a Philippine jailer who got saved in his whole house. And I think that's the kind of thing that God is looking for. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for Equippers Essex. I thank you for these wonderful people in Colchester and the surrounding towns and villages. I thank you that you have put something in us that can minister and that can connect and that can serve people in need around us. And I pray for every single person that they would connect not just with their humanity, where we do feel confusion, we do feel the pressure, but that they would connect with the surpassing power that is in the treasure in each one of us. I pray that the life of Jesus would be manifest in every single home, in every single town, in every single situation. And thank you, God, that you have believers who are salt and light in your world. And I pray that that would be a powerful impact in the area right there. Just bless right now Barry, Sarah, their family. Bless the leaders down there in Essex. Bless every single person who said yes to you, Lord. Let their communication, let their life, let their story be one that reveals the treasure. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you so much, friends. It's been so lovely to be with you today. Right now, I'm going to hand over to Barry and he's going to take over things from here. But God bless you. Be at peace. Take care.